welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. Be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns um, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. Hi, I am Noah. My pronouns are he, him, and you can find me on pretty much all social media at The Jewish Jedi. Um, and I do also, shameless plug, co-host a queer Star Wars podcast, RuPaul's Pod Race, with five of my gay little friends. Uh, my other co-host, Ali, was on last week to talk about one Bo-Katan Kreese. So shameless plug for that if you like gay people in Star Wars. <laughs> Um, what is Girl Boss of the Week, if not the crossover between Fulcrum Transmissions and Infinity War? Wishes it had what we had. Truthfully, so the true. MCU is shaking, crying, throwing up right now at this <laughs> level of crossover. Yes, today uh, we are going to be talking about my favorite Star Wars villain, Chilicitary. Um, While I was taking notes, um, I realized that it does sound like I am fighting for my life to defend this woman. It's not, I'm not, I promise. Um, I want to make it very clear because we might get into some heavy subjects. Um, it's just like a, an essential part of what happened to Trilla and also her occupation as a whole is kind of disturbing. So I want to make it clear that Trilla is a villain. She is evil and, and carried out the genocide of her own people and actively contributed to uh, mythologizing the Jedi culture, which is horrible. However, Girl Boss of the Week is a series uh, that analyzes the nuance and details behind a female character's motives and uh, actions. And just a friendly reminder that this series was made to, yes, talk about uh, sexy and evil women, but also to shed light on the fact that um, more often than not in the Star Wars fandom, male villains are defended, very much so, um, and sometimes in the text as well. Uh, but that treatment is very much so not extended to a lot of the women characters. It's not an absolute. Uh, there are, of course, ex- exceptions. But anyways, let's get into it. Trillicidary. I just, I think about her a lot. I really, I think, so I played Fallen Order pretty much right when it came out because I'd been following the game for a while. So I guess as background, Trillicidary is the second sister of the Inquisition. And we meet her, I do believe, for the very first time in Fallen Order. That's at least where I first met her. Um She's a badass. She has a very fun helmet. She basically shows up because Cal Kestis uses the force and then gets clocked from like 40,000 light years away. And she pulls up to beat his ass for it. Um, she also shows up with Masana Tide, who in her own right is a girl boss. Ninth sister girly, I miss you every day. Um, but the thing that I found compelling about Trilla from like minute one is she's fucking scary. Like few Star Wars villains to me, I'm like, actually like most Star Wars ones that I see I'm like I could take you in a fight I'm pretty sure Trilla I was fighting for my life from minute one of that game I don't care if I have fully upgraded force powers the way that I had to turn on story mode one time to beat her because I was like we can't do it it's not happening she's simply too good for me to deal with she is actually so powerful (laughs) 
Um, anyways, um, not to be like, actually, you're wrong, but um, I know everything about Trilissa Durant. <laughs> I have her, um, maybe I have her Wikipedia page memorized. Um, anyways, uh, the first time we actually do see Trilla is a year before the release of Fallen Order in Darth Vader 2017, issue 19, written by Charles Soule, my beloved. <laughs> Charles Soule, my icon. Love you, bestie. Um, the comic arc like takes place at the in the like the same year. It's in fourteen BBY, um, and it mostly like explores Vader's involvement in the Jedi Purge. Eth Koth is also in this issue, and he does die <laughs> right after like his wife gives birth to his son. Um, what? Oh yeah, no, it's Wait, really bad. seriously. Yes, he's a priest now. Ethcoth has um con- has converted into a priest and has a child and then um Vader like barges in as soon as spoilers for Vader 2017 I guess <laughs> and um and yeah um <laughs> anyways this is like where we learn about Project Harvester which is the operation led by the Inquisitorius to kidnap force sensitive children and turn them into like imperial agents um as al- also as well as to prevent the Jedi order from like rebuilding after the initial purge aka order 66 um Project Harvester is actually what like Trilla is working on basically the entire duration of the game um because you know she Cal Kestis is finding this holocron with a bunch of force sensitive children and that would be a gold mine for someone who is hunting down force sensitive children to turn them um into imperial agents uh but yeah so that's actually where we see her she doesn't talk she doesn't talk she's just kind of there um looking hot and sexy as usual but you know um yeah there's also the um like dark temple comic line that I don't know when did that come out at the same time as Fallen Order you know I don't know I'm still unfortunately reeling from Eve Koff has become Catholic I really I this oh my god this is just like Pope Stephen the sixth he would never do this (laughs) just kidding he totally would sorry I had to learn about this man recently for no reason other than my own volition can I just tell you about Pope Stephen the sixth's joint sleigh and also kind of flop era because Mm -hmm. Pope Stephen VI had his predecessor, I believe Pope Forsemius, exhumed, put on trial as a corpse, like put his corpse in a chair and put it in a courtroom, had a deacon speak for the corpse, found the corpse guilty, uh, nullified all his decisions as Pope and as a bishop prior to that, cut off three of his fingers, reburied him, then exhumed him again to have him thrown in the Tiber River. And then a couple years later, Pope Stephen did die of strangulation in prison after his political enemies invaded the invaded Rome. Um, and anyway, I'm just thinking about the Catholics now because I can't believe you just glossed over that he became a priest and has a child and then <laughs> also did. died. Like so he, many things are just revealed to me and none of them make sense anymore. <laughs> and that he has like a child who was kidnapped by, <laughs> I believe like the fourth sister. He was the last name I was expecting you to bring up from a Vader comic. And you're just like, he's also here. And I'm like, yeah, you want, to know, you want to know something even worse? In that comic also, um, the Grand Inquisitor uh, is like, hey, here's a list of um, Jedi that we know are still alive that who have not been captured yet. And Oppo Rancisis is one of them. I'm going to become the Joker. Also, Quiznos, if you don't get the fuck away from the other Jedi, I'm going to cause problems. On the, I'm what? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, is this all in one singular issue? Yes. 
It is in one issue. It is in <laughs> issue 19. Charles, you are truly off the shits for this one. <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair, he's off the shits for everything, but like this specifically is quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, Damn, okay. Lo- I love it. It was so great. It's like one of the, <laughs> I literally read this one comic multiple times, like too many times because Trilla's in it, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, the story well, is great too. <laughs> I feel that I do have to go back and read this because like one, there should simply be more Trilla content in the world, but also so many things about, okay. Cause Claudia, my other co-host has been reading the Vader comics and like, I have not. And now I'm like, points are being made. Mm-hmm. Cause like, honestly, Trilla being in them, that's enough of a selling point for me personally. I'm on my way there. But so wait, so this takes place though, just prior to Fallen Order though, right? Yeah. Like she goes right. from here and then goes and does the events of that game. Okay, wig, love that for her. Yeah, I believe- Live, laugh, like- love that for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then I think the Dark Temple comics, uh, those take place right before uh, Trilla goes to Braca. Um, and yeah, those were fine. I did read them. Um, I liked Sears background and stuff, but Trilla wasn't in them enough. She just was in like the first few pages in the beginning of each one. And I was like, hmm, where's, where is she? Frankly, that is hateful to my girl boss. She deserves the world. I know that she's technically legally speaking a war criminal, but not mm-hmm. in my heart. And that's where I really don't. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay. If after that is the events of Fallen Order, uh, Trilla does truly like fuck you up in that game multiple times. Um, I will admit, like, cause I played that game and I remember Sarah being like, oh, I had a Padawan, but she unfortunately passed away. And I was like, okay, cool. So it is just the second sister. Awesome. I'm glad we're all on the same page now. Uh, and then when she took off her helmet, I was like, cause I was ready to be like, we have to fight. And I was like, do we have to fight? Cause here's the thing. When Anakin turns to the dark side, he gets like sweaty hair and his eyes turn red. When Trilla turns to the dark side, she just gets like flawless smoky eyes and like, a middle part, I guess. And I'm like, you know what? Points are being made about the dark side itself and like the nature of that. However, from that moment, like on a more serious note, it was like, something happened to you. Like this is coming from a, a much more painful place than I think you're given credit for as a character, which like, I feel so often in narratives about like, oh, my master betrayed me. Everyone's like, oh yeah, get over it. And it's like, no, that's like your parent leaving you to die that's a lot that's turns out that actually does deeply affect you plot twist so my like I played Fallen Order probably like last year like it wasn't that long ago um and so I already knew like a lot going into it and I knew a decent amount about Trilla going into it but like you're saying like her like even from the very first appearance she's like a very formidable villain like she's not just some guy like a lot of Star Wars villains kind of are she like and then you find out she does have like more of a backstory rather than she's just some villain who like you don't know anything about. And so you get to sort of like unpack that throughout the game. Um, and then she dies, but well, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it really is like all like a, a lot of what she says and does, like you can feel the betrayal of what she's gone through that she still feels even now. And also I was thinking about this earlier that she's like, not that old like she kind of seems like she's older just because like the most of the characters in that game are pretty young and also just like because of everything she's been through but she is pretty young and I feel like that like 
people kind of lose sight of that when they're like thinking of her story and like what she's been through but she isn't that old um and so just her whole story has like a lot of depth to it and I feel like just like as you're playing the game you don't necessarily think about it but then once you like actually look back and think about like everything you learn about her character from the beginning there's a lot to like she's not just some two-dimensional villain yeah there's actually a line in the beginning of the game that gets me to this day when I think about it in her context when she first goes to like fight Cal on the platform and he's about to escape with the mantis and he draws a lightsaber she says what Jedi gave their life so that you might live which is like a one-off line or whatever but once you learn her story the resentment carried in that one statement because to her the implication is that Cal's master cared about him enough to give his life and her master did not care that much about her, which obviously like we know from Sarah is not actually the case, but that moment to me very much crystallizes what I love about her character is like her motivations are definitely misguided and bad because she's literally serving the empire, like problematic. However, that comes from, from such a place of like deep emotional hurt and it's interesting to see her mirrored too, I think, with Marin, who's the other star of this game. Marin, girly, when do you get a solo comic? When do you get a game? Because I'd play it. Um, but Marin is also someone who's been abandoned and left alone and had to fend for herself. But notably, she turns towards community to solve that problem, whereas Trilla turns towards violence, which is really interesting. I think it speaks to like their different options as characters. But I find it very compelling about her that her dark side of this is rooted so much in her uh, feeling inadequate and feeling pained by the loss of her mother figure it's not like not to shade Anakin Skywalker on the timeline but his motivations for the for going to the dark side are about control and they are about ownership but they're not really about um Trilla is just better how about I just say that? I just think Trilla is better that's just the thesis it's just it's just Trilla is is better um <laughs> yeah no I totally agree I think that um that one line, I also have that, like, an entire paragraph written about that one line. I could write an entire essay about that one line. And you're Anyways, so correct for that. It's so, it's just, like, from the beginning, you know, you're like, oh, oh, this is who this girl is. Okay, I'm scared now. Um, and also, what happened to you, girl? Like, are you okay? Um, but, yeah, and as soon as, after, right after she says that, you know, you get into a little battle with Cal, and then Cal escapes, um, with Sarah and um <laughs> he hops into the uber aka the mantis love it so much love the mantis <laughs> anyways um they're like making their escape right and Trilla literally jumps on the ship as she should uses the force to grab hold of the steering wheel and try to crash the ship um with her on it mind you she is on the ship too <laughs> Uh, she has this like recklessness to her that I think is so just like interesting uh, considering how incredibly intelligent and methodical we know her to be. Everything is like a game to her. She's always 10 steps ahead of Cal. Personally, I love um, Elizabeth Grujon's interpretation of her character. That's, that's who plays Trilla. Anyways, love her girl boss. Um, <laughs> um, her interpretation is that Trilla has lost everything, right? Uh, and she sees no future of herself and therefore just does not care about dying. She's extremely driven to carry out her revenge against the Jedi. Um, but like if she dies along the way, she's like, mm, okay, like, I, I guess, yeah. Which 
I think it's sad. I'm literally sitting here and I'm like, um, that's sad. Anyway, I love you. Can I will show you care? I can I fix, fix you. her. <laughs> so Gay people over both were like, no, I could fix her. Certainly, I do. I do think I could. But I, I could, yeah. <laughs> Where the Jedi failed, I personally could succeed. Honestly, I think that that's what I really feel in this moment. Um, hot take incoming. I could fix Rosa Dury. Like that is my thesis statement for the episode. I will say, in terms of her being like her recklessness and her constantly throwing herself into danger, my read on that after I finished the game and like got through her story in that in Cal's narrative is at least the thing that I'm interested in is the idea that because she feels that Sarah abandoned her for reasons that she has to like make up, she has to supply her own logic as to why that happened. I think she has such a desperation to please Vader as like the one person, the one superior in her life that she's like, if I can just make this work, someone will care about me in the way that I need to be cared about. I need to be like seen by my authority figure as successful which is then obviously so heartbreaking when his last line to her is you failed me. And I'm like, mm, okay, much to consider, much to think about. Can't really deal with that. Anyway, where does also, there's also that scene in that same like Trilla girl bossing her way onto the, onto the mantis. Sarah does actively shoot at her. And I'm like, that scene takes on so much more weight when you think about it in the retrospective. I'm like, you both know who the other person is right now. That's fucking upsetting. Yeah. In the fact that Sarah's literally like actively saving Cal's life. Literally. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like fully in the moment. It's like, I am choosing somebody over you. And I'm like, Sarah, I, I stand you. I think you're a very powerful woman. However, mistakes have been made along the way. <laughs> yeah. Choices um, were, choices were made perhaps in the best ones. Perhaps you could have done better, but, um, oh, well. <laughs> Sir, Sir Jenda, I love you. I do love you, girly. Um, you, I am frustrated a bit just because I have to defend my the love of my life, Trillisidori. Um, and you did hurt her a little bit. Not your fault. Not your fault at all. We knew. We know what you've been through too. It's okay. Um, however, she does have this like really good line, like right after. Cal gets on the mantis and she's like oh are you gonna help me find this holocron and Cal's like well I don't really have a choice I can't like run from the empire anymore <laughs> and Seer is like um Cal as long as you're alive you have a choice which is kind of ironic um and you kind of you know <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I'm getting a little bit too crazy right now um anyways no but points uh, have been made as long as you're alive, you always have a choice. Yes. However, horrible news. Um, your decision may or may not have deprived a certain Trillisiduri of her ability to decide the path of her life. Yeah. Wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that Trilla is is an inquisitor because of certain choices from Saren. And it's I'm not blaming her at all. Like, I, I don't think it was her fault. We obviously see, like, what they go through in the process of, like, becoming an inquisitor and it's graphic and it's horrible but you know just like seer is like has regained her free will after escaping the empire basically and she knows that trilla does not have that and has no control over her life and sarah is now going to do whatever it takes to use that like privilege of choice that she's been re-given to help people who could become like trilla you know, and that's why she's searching for these force sensitive kids. She's like, I can't let another one become like my Padawan, um, which is, I think, 
great motivation for her character. And I think that was an excellent like plot, like choice. And um, I would like to see more of her. I would like to see more of everyone in this game, to be honest. Truly, I'm like, do you guys just drop Fallen Order 2 right now? Like, I know it might not be done, but like, I'll play the alpha build. I don't care if it's PS2 <laughs> graphics. Um, give me the script. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know personally that Trilla is alive. I do. I am um, a Trilla Lives truther. I will scream it from rooftops. However, I don't think that like Lucasfilm like yet knows that Trilla is alive. I think I'm the only one who actually has this knowledge right now. So I know that game trailer is going to drop for Fallen Order 2 and Trilla is not going to be in it. And I'm going to be a bad person. I am not going to be a good person. <laughs> I'm going to get so, on the internet and be a problem. The reality is that Trilla is actually fine, but unfortunately she was booked for the duration of when they were filming Fallen Order 2. So she just, scheduling conflicts happen. My girl was just busy doing other things at the time, going to spas, relaxing, going to therapy. So unfortunately she cannot appear in Fallen Order 2. I think it's honestly so brave of you to break your silence about knowing that she's alive and that Lucasfilm <laughs> does not. Because yeah. like- there's a lot of things that Lucasfilm clearly does not know that I am appraised of. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> I love the idea <laughs> of that. Faceless man energy. No, but it's like, the thing about Trilla too, the thing I find fascinating about all characters in this game, because you mentioned like, I don't hate Sarah. And like, I don't either. I think what makes these characters work so well is that they are broken people that have brokenness in ways that make sense. Like, and I like Sarah's plot probably the most over the course of this game of her like gradually opening herself up back to the force and like eventually fully coming to Trilla and being like, look, what I did was fucked up. I'm I'm actually really, really sorry. That's on me. Um, and for that to be the moment where Trilla is like, okay, actually, because I fully do not believe I love Trilla, but I fully do not believe without Sarah's admittance of her own guilt that that scene would have gone the way it did. Um, but it just, it breaks my heart because like non-canonically Trilla is presently dead. Okay. This is not canon as far as, as wherever I'm concerned, Trilla is actually fine. She's wearing Beskar. Nobody knows that, but I do. But, um, Trilla, unfortunately. No, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Mandalorian Trilla is <laughs> for me personally. Listen, I'm just saying that I don't care how it happens. I just know that that robe had like one single line of Beskar in it and Vader's like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Too bad I only got one swipe at her. That sucks. I, I, I missed. It didn't work. She it gets to go free now, I guess. Sorry to hear about it. She just went, okay, bye. And then Vader was like, well, I'm going to get up. I'm going to beat up this ginger now. And that's what I have to do with my spare time. But her ending is so tragic to me because like in that last moment of just like, I'm going to forgive you. I'll also, okay. Can I just talk about, I'll, I will get back to the middle of this game in a second because like that's where Trilla is really shining. However, um, the scene where she does die is one of the most terrifying scenes to me in Star Wars because I did, I played this game when it first came out. So I did not have any spoilers for it. I didn't want to look at any spoilers for it. So when I got to the ending and fucking Vader starts breathing in the background, I was like, ah, okay, horrible news. And then he crashes down from the ceiling she flips the fuck out and is force gripped to the fucking floor. And then J Vader just says, you failed me, Inquisitor. And Trilla's last words are her saying, avenge us before being cut down on screen. What the fuck? <laughs> like, first of all, this is past hot take incoming, storytime emotional, not clickbait. Darth Vader might be a misogynist. 
this is my hot take we of the week actually might be a little bit homophobic yeah you're friendly right. reminder you're so right. <laughs> friendly reminder that darth vader has killed women this is not a good look chief oh my god <laughs> To everyone who is a Darth Vader or Anakin stan, you really need to evaluate because he hates women. Um, he told me himself, actually. Um, you're just going to have to take my word for it, though. In a now-redacted interview on, on Fulcrum Transmissions, Vader actually did come on and say, quote, I don't like women. Um, horrible news. Sorry to break this to you. Now, this is probably deeply shocking that a man involved in fascism doesn't like women, but... It has been made clear to me personally that he may actually be a misogynist. <laughs> I love the idea of, of Trilla posting a Breaking My Silence YouTube video about Vader's misogyny. <laughs> she is fully on the floral couch like, I am coming to you today <laughs> to talk about a very topic near and dear to my heart. My boss, Darth Vader, is a misogynist. And everyone's like, wow, I can't believe this has happened. The this truth nice about the Inquisitor. <laughs> not okay the idea of her fully being like and i have receipts for this okay i have the group chat conversations and i'm going to post them here <laughs> idea of the inquisitors invader having like a group me is so funny okay not to dox myself but as someone who's worked in food service and has had to deal with the food service group chatification of a job I imagine that that is how it works for the Inquisitors. Like, please imagine for a moment that Vader's like, guys, we found a Jedi. What's your guys' availability for Tuesday? And all of them are like, I can't, sorry. I'm like really busy that day. They're fully lying. Like everyone is available, but like the idea of Vader having a Slack and having to be like, could you guys please check the Slack group chat for updates about wages? <laughs> I really can't deal with that. Do you guys think that Vader as a boss, do you think he'd be like, an asshole or he tried to be like the cool boss that's like I'm not your boss I'm your friend we're buddies he's he's the like I'm a cool boss until you mess up and then he is like actually you were the worst worker I have ever had my grandma can do better work than you can and my grandma is the force (laughs) that is literally so correct for him though he'd probably be like Hi, bestie. How's your day going? Super fun. Can I talk to you for a second? And then he shuts the door and he's like, you're the worst goddamn employee we've ever hired. You should leave this job and never come back ever again. Nobody even likes you in here. Literally, you're terrible at everything. And the worker's just like, what am I supposed to say to this right now? That's actually, Trilla didn't die. She was brought in for an HR meeting with Vader. And then she was like, I gotta get out of this building. I gotta go. I have to go my own way. She put in her two weeks too. (laughs) I think it's so powerful of her to be like- Channeling my inner Trilla Siduri by quitting my job. That's honestly, (laughs) you know, and here's the thing. If she had been allowed to quit her job, she may still be with us today. Like, what are you talking about? We've literally. Right. Sorry. In the non-canonical Fallen Order timeline. In Legends. Yeah. (laughs) In Legends, Trilla unfortunately did pass away. But in a much more real sense, she's actually fine. Mm -hmm. Everything is great. Um, It's totally Okay. Speaking of iconic Trilla moments, like quitting her job and putting in her two weeks, um, the scene that does live on loop in my brain, like a clip of Doja Cat level loop in my brain, is near the middle of the game, Cal goes into this like large mine shaft, I believe it's on Zepho, if I remember correctly, um, to go find some stuff, go find an ancient temple or whatever. 
And Trilla shows up and she's like, we don't have to fight. It's fine. And then he ignites his lightsaber and she just goes, outstanding. And then beats his ass. And I'm like, nothing in my life has been as satisfying as that one scene. Also, girly, your voice actress, where is the Oscar? The Emmy, the Tony, the Grammy award-winning performance of that one singular phrase. Few of the other girls consider they're doing it like that. Like, come on, be honest here. I think that's the worst part about Fallen Order is that you have to play as Cal Kestis so you like literally have to fight her and I'm like I don't want to though. We don't have to do this it's okay (laughs) I won't tell your boss I will not report you to HR. I'm like not only is it literally impossible for me a bad a person who's bad at video games to fight you but it's also breaking my heart. I am very upset right now as a bad Um, gamer i'm troubled but as a gay person i'm heartbroken like that's where i sat the entire game i was like the thing for me is not to flex or whatever but i'm actually like pretty good at video games so i was like i can beat you but i don't want to like i don't want to do this we don't have to and then when she got like stuck behind a shield i was like okay you know what actually this is a good outcome for us because i don't have to do anything bad anymore and then okay the iconic performance of Cal getting away. First of all, that's the helmet reveal. She says, you think you beat me in a fight? Prepare yourself because I am actually the prettiest woman alive and you've made your fatal mistake. Like, I think she's so strong for that. But also she then, like Cal goes to climb on a couple walls and like go into the temple platform, whatever. And he calls Sarah and is like, I just met your Padawan. And she's like, this Padawan who is currently on the phone with you. Like he thinks he's so slick for calling her. And she's like, Anything Sarah can do, I can do better. And I'm like, you know what? The Sith are bad, but some points are being made by one Ms. Trilisa Dury. I think that some things, maybe it's okay for women to be evil. I think what happened to Trilla is that she actually just watched Gone Girl and got the wrong idea. She was like, Amy Dunn truly is unproblematic, actually. <laughs> That's the plot of all of I love the idea that the Inquisitorious exists because they all had a movie night at the Jedi Temple where they watched Gone Girl and they were like, no, wait a minute points have been made. I think Cal Kestis picks up Trilla's lightsaber and just like Gone Girl plays and he's like what (laughs) what is this? I'm in love with the concept that he pulls his lightsaber to her. Nope. (laughs) POV I misgender Cal Kestis. I am in love with the idea that Cal pulls Trilla's lightsaber over and then it just cuts to I am so much happier now that I'm dead. Technically missing. (laughs) Like the cool girl monologue is just on loop and he looks, looks at her and he's like are you okay? Like, do you want to talk about the fact that this is on loop in your brain at all times? <laughs> she would. Trilla Siduri has the cool girl monologue memorized front to back, start to finish. She's giving performances. She's giving Emmy, Oscar, Tony, Grammy ordering performances on a daily basis. I just know she is. The other Inquisitors do not compare. They're not ready for her sleigh. Kind of going back to Fallen Order. <laughs> this happened last week. It's going to happen every week. <laughs> this is Girl Boss of the Week. Anyways, um, during, I think it is actually, or either the scene, or no, it is the scene with the helmet reveal, actually. Trilla says one of the sexiest lines, and it is one of my favorite. Um, Cal has just barely survived with his life, um, and it's all because of BD1. Uh, BD1 truly is the star of Fallen Order, uh, but she, she just goes, Oh, you're learning. Not as gifted as Sears' last apprentice, but not bad. Period, girl. Are you kidding? Do you guys know, <laughs> do you guys know the snake rattle sound effect from RuPaul's Drag Race? 
No. <laughs> I'm going to look up a clip really briefly. Here's my pitch for the for Fallen Order, the remake. Because Trilla says that line where she's like, not nearly as gifted as Sarah's last apprentice, and this is sound effect that plays. That, to me, is the encapsulation of her entire energy as a character. Is fully just like, really? Because who can beat her in a competition of shade? Perhaps there are stronger force users, but in terms of like being bitchy and evil, who is winning at that? No one besides one Trilla Sidere. <laughs> she is, she is the moment. <laughs> I wish all I could make edits because I'd make an edit of her. I don't care what's, I, I, you know the way that like bayonet edits are made? I want that level of production for Trilla. She deserves it. <laughs> I literally had a whole paragraph to say on that line and I'm like, I don't even need to say any of this. So sorry that I derailed it with Drag Race commentary. I am just, no, um, un- unfortunately, horrible news, story time emotional, not clickbait. I am gay. I know that might be a shock and news to surprise other people on this podcast. However, it is correct and true. Oh my God, calm down, Sage. This is, you're literally take just deep talking breaths, about- Take your time. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Footage is not even playing, but in my brain, I'm like, you know, the, you know, the, t- the TikTok filter that's like the translucent video. That's me right now thinking about. Yeah, yeah I'm like, like I, I see it. I see the moment she takes her helmet off. <laughs> exactly. I see her igniting that lightsaber and saying outstanding and beating Cal Kestis's ass within an inch of his life. Okay. Truly, deeply on all levels. Cal Kestis enters his flop era for a large percentage of Fallen Order while Trilla Siduri is giving such a slay. It's not even funny. Like, if BD wanted enough in there to balance things out, Cal would have literally flopped so hard he died. That would be where we are in this game. And, 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 and I would like to say that I'm good at video games, but in a much more real sense, the final fight against Trilla did take me about 14 tries, I believe. I had to put the game down. It was like bloodborne levels of problematic where I was like, I can't keep doing this and, and maintain sanity. She is suddenly too good at what she does. And what she does is beating me to death. And I would not have it any other way, for being honest. It's an honor, truly. Um, <laughs> you know, I said that I it took me 14 tries because like I was losing. What if I lied about that? What if I just what enjoyed I that it? 14 times in a row? <laughs> what, if, what if I'm going into the meditation challenges and being like, yeah, I'll fight 14 trillas at the same time. Why not? You know, speaking of that, of that time when Trilla does take off her helmet and is gives that little you're learning not as gifted as Sarah's last apprentice you know she's self-aware she knows that she is just the best and I love that for her I love that for her truly um anyways Trilla is talking to Cal uh telling him how Sarah betrayed her and all and Trilla says specifically that Sarah surrendered the location of her naive Padawan um one this felt like when I this felt like such a like dark side user like thing to say. I was like, you are so good. Anyways, um, love the writers of this phenomenally written. And but she's calling her old self the the Jedi that she used to be naive, right? Uh, which to me is so sad because she did nothing wrong. Not like like before all of this stuff happened, she did nothing wrong. She was just a bad one. She's probably like 16 years old, you know, which is so awful. Um, but she was a trying to save literal children, and B, she had no reason to distrust Sierra at all. Uh, we never got like a lot of Trilla's master and apprentice relationship with Seer, which I wish we did. Um, not in the game, but like maybe in a comic. 
what is this podcast of me is if not just me being like hey what if we got a comic about this you guys I was about to say like <laughs> last week we spent like 20 minutes talking about potential Bogotan comics and like authors I think it's just okay. like every week we have to pitch at least one and here's my thing about that you're honestly so brave for doing that because my the reality for me is like Bogotan I is a character that I'm like she's very slay I'm a, I'm kind of ambivalent towards her as a character if there was a solo comic about her take my fucking money immediately. I don't know what it is about one-off comic issues, but I'm like, no, it's important. It's necessary. And like, I'm not saying that an author of some possibly higher public denomination should write a master and apprentice style novel about Trilla and Sarah's relationship during and before the Clone War. But if that were to happen, I am certainly saying that I would endorse and pay for it. (laughs) POV, Um, I become a publisher to make this happen. Actually, I really want a Trilla Sidori novel, um, just really bad. And um, uh, like you said, maybe a certain High Republic author should write it, Justina Ireland. Um, anyways, just just to Justina, if you're with us, <laughs> just to keep going on this thought that I was having before. Um, a master is like supposed to protect their Padawan. Period. Right. That is that is the point. Um, so Trilla thinking that she was naive, she's taking this like traumatic situation that she went through where the fault literally only lies with the empire. Um, and she's putting a fraction of the blame onto herself. Um, Fallen Order is so masterfully written because these like little small details in the dialogue between these characters add so much like depth to the characters and, um, add this like exponentially grounded element to them like yeah blaming yourself uh is something that victims of traumatic violence do because by placing the blame on themselves it's gonna like maintain the illusion of control right if Trilla can find a way to take a fraction of control over what happened to her even if it's like in an unhealthy way like blaming herself she's gonna do that because you know all Trilla wants is a little control over her life really she is literally a puppet for Darth Vader and for the Emperor. Um, and that doesn't like absolve her of any of her like actions, obviously. She's still doing them. She's still very evil. Um, but you know, if he step if she steps out of line, Vader will kill her, and he does. And that's all in like one word, like one word, her just calling her old self naive. And you could get literally all of that out of her character. It's just genius writing. I find it interesting too, because um, not to bring genocide studies into a Star Wars podcast, however, to bring genocide studies into a Star Wars podcast, um, Hannah Arendt wrote a a treatise called On Violence and Arendt is problematic, but her thoughts on violence are very interesting because one of the ideas she has is that violence is the world's weakest chain. And that it's something that people join up and out of either desperation or necessity. And when we look at Order 66 as genocide, which it is in many ways, um, Trilla's joining up in the empire and her rootedness in her new identity is a very weak link. It only exists so long as she can remain angry and hateful and able to um, stay in the power structure that functions and works for her. And the second that she's given an equivalence to that, which is Sarah's saying, you know, I'm sorry, I need you to move on from this because it was my fault. It wasn't on you. Um, she breaks out of that almost immediately. And I find her character fascinating for that because I feel like so often in narratives of the dark side, it's like 
the character's darkness is glossed over as like a side effect of using the of using the dark side of the force like they're like oh my god I was so clouded by my anger and frustration that I I was doing the bad thing but like for Trilla she's a very self-aware character um and at no point does she ever pretend that like oh I was just like under the influence of this dark state of mind it's like no I meant what I said um and my anger and my actions come from a place that is logical for me in terms of surviving mass violence. You know, there's that old adage, hurt people, hurt people, which is very, very true. And I feel like for her and a lot of the inquisitors um, existing under a system of violence like that, the only survivable mechanism is to join up in the violence. And I think that it's interesting too, because I, if Cal had like the results of their falls are are mirrored. If Jarrah Tapal had been running on, on the run with Padawans and he had betrayed Cal's location, the result would have been just the same. There's nothing unique about Trello that drove her there. The only difference is their exact circumstances, which is also why that line from the beginning of the game hurts so much because Trello's like, why were you worthy of being sacrificed for and I wasn't? And I'm like, oh, please, I need you to go to therapy. We can work through this together. It's okay. Um, but it just, oh God, her writing is so interesting to me. And it, it honestly, like, it's more appealing than other narratives of the dark side where characters are like drawn to it by nature, by narratives of power where they're like wooed by the dark side, but by the time where they're like, oh, this is bad. The curtain cannot be pulled back anymore. Trilla, the dark side is the way of her survival. It's the only way that she gets to keep control of her life. Like you were saying, that's all she really wants is management over her own like interests. And I just, Fallen and Order writers, girl, we need to have words because that is so interesting to me as a character. Also, once again, the Shane Anakin Skywalker girl, we pull it together. <laughs> I think also like exactly that. Um, and that is so supported by one of the, one of the best lines in the entire game is um, when Cal is like, I am not going to let you touch the children on that holocron. And she goes, I thought the same thing too once. Are you kidding me? Are it's you- literally art. It's insane. It's like literally beautiful, talented, incredible show stuff and completely had ever been done before. Like that line, I was like, the jaw is on the floor. There, there is no record. Like Cal Kestis literally found scalped in a ditch in Miami. Nothing is left after that. Like I thought the same thing too once. Also corroborated by the Ninth Sister being like, you wait till we bring you into Fortress Inquisitoris and you see how you do with the mutilation, the torture, the manipulation. And I'm like, oh my God, uh, you Mm -hmm. guys. Something that I find really interesting is that we know that Seer was a seeker Jedi, right? So we can assume that Trilla was also training to be a seeker to find like children of the force which is supported by the fact that she was with younglings when Order 66 happened. Anyways, once upon a time, Trilla protected these younglings at all costs. Uh, and then her own master betrayed her by leaving her basically for dead. Again, not her fault, but it did happen. And it, that's what happened, uh, especially in Trilla's eyes, you know? And now her job is to literally hunt down these younglings that she was sworn to protect, like with her life. To see her, though, like, beast come so ruthless and so apathetic, you're like, whoa, like, how did you become like this? And we've talked a lot about this on the pod um, already, but 
I think a trope that we see in a handful of villains uh, is having so little control over your life that you start doing whatever you have to in order to survive until you absolutely cannot see a way out, right? Um, that doesn't involve you dying. So then you start to embrace this villainous persona that you have created. And I do think that tr that did happen to Trilla. I think that, you know, we didn't see the early days of her being an inquisitor, um, which would be super interesting to see, like how she developed over time, um, especially with things like, you know, <laughs> seeing other Jedi consistently because it is her job to find other Jedi and being like, whoa, you survived. You are not like me. You didn't have to go through how, who knows how long of torture and like brutal violence. You didn't have to do this. Like, why should I, you know? And I feel like after so long, that probably had as like a massive effect on her um because by the time it fall in order starts she's do been doing this for what five years five years is a long I time i believe five years yeah yeah why trilla's i'm literally not doing well <laughs> why trilla's character is so well written is because she knows she knows she's so self-aware that what she is doing is bad right we, like we were saying um, and never once does she try to like justify her own actions, right? She's always just like, yeah, I'm just evil and I'm better than you, Cal. And that's it. She's never like, whoa, what was me? My life is so sad and awful. I'm a poor little meow meow, which I do think personally, Trilla is a poor little meow meow. And I will go to the grave saying that. I was waiting um, for the point in the episode where the phrase poor, poor little meow meow would enter common parlance. We have arrived. The time has come. <laughs> I can have my, my... Pokemon bingo card. <laughs> Not the Pokemon bingo card. Um, yeah, you know, she takes full responsibility for just being an evil woman who is also hot and sexy. I love the fact that we can fully go from like, here's how the dynamics of, gen of survival of genocide affect the way, the way that you interact with others too, but also quite hot and sexy. Very powerful of her to wear all black. Like many <laughs> yeah. of the other girls could not say that. <laughs> Another thing that I think is, like, just adds more layers to her character is the fact that in, like, as a consequence of this task she's undertaken to go find this holocron, she is literally hunting down Cal, who, first of all, like you said, like, any other Jedi, she can look at and be like, why did you get to, like, survive and be fine and I had to go into the Inquisitor program and like become the way I did and go through what I did but then there's the added layer of the fact that the person who is now looking out for Cal is her old master who she feels is to blame for everything that's happened to her like I can't even imagine her having to like look at Cal and see him with Seer and be like I like that like that should have been her like had they survived Order 66 she would have been with Seer then but instead she's an inquisitor and she's been tortured and she's gone through all these terrible things. And she's looking at Cal standing where she should have been with the person who was supposed to look out for her and like in her eyes failed. And it, she's now looking out for someone else. And I'm like, it's just like, it, it's like that added little like flavor to her character that just like rounds it out and like really gives her like a cohesive narrative throughout the game. Um, and I, yeah, like, I just can't even imagine having to, do, like, do that. I honestly, like, 
her character is also so interesting and complimented by Sarah as, an, as like a function of the narrative because something I like about Sarah in this game is like we do see her guilt and resentment towards herself and like the way that she seriously does hate the way that she handled what happened to her but also um we we never see her try to pretend that what happened was like okay like she's like that was in many ways selfish of me to choose my own life over that of my padawan and the other younglings but it was still a choice that i made it happened i cannot change that um and i i'm so amazed by her because she's like in her final words to trilla she fully is like we have to decide between following the dark side and the light side which is interesting to me too because like i feel like so often this fandom gets mired down and like who's the good jedi who's the perfect jedi who's the good standard of light in in this universe and it's like well no one but um something i like about sarah is like trilla has that image of her as this godlike protector who's supposed to go down and be perfect and die for her essentially and sarah's like i'm a person and people make horrible mistakes and i did that but it makes sense for her i think is what's interesting and i also think that in the end when trilla is like thank you for recognizing that what you did is the reason i got hurt and the reason i am the way i am is the thing that allows her to finally start the healing process. It's so much. And then hashtag misogynist Darth Vader has to show up and unfortunately in the non-canonical timeline, gun her down, which is just like so much on so many levels. Also, once again, her last words being avenge us, I think to me sits so deep in my chest because like her last words are not about her. It returns, like Sage was saying about her, like, you know, theoretically training to become a seeker. Her last word being avenge us is not a consequence about her own life. It fully is. The rest of us who are out there, you need to do that for them. You owe it to them to do better and to be better. And I'm like, you deserve so much more than what Lucasfilm thinks they gave you. I say think because it's not canonical. They do not know what we know. However, that development there. It's just so sad that she got pulled into the world between worlds and that was actually fine. Like, <laughs> we may never know. Lissadori got blown through the world between worlds into the High Republic era. She is now on Starlight Beacon, killing all of the levelers. And this is how Stellan Geo survived the fall of Starlight. I'm so sorry. I do this. New, every new folk, episode. yeah, new fulcrum pod yeah. bingo square is we someone gets pulled into the world between worlds and ends up in the republic. Yeah, don't worry. Who's the other ones on the, on the bingo card. The other ones on the bingo card are someone cries over Lula and or Zine and or Bull. <laughs> so at least we have that ready to go. Picked and ready. Okay. Also, I love the idea that like Trilla girl boss is so hard in that moment that the force is like, I have no choice. Like we can't. <laughs> We can't, also, I'm just saying, if Trilla met Martian Rowe, that motherfucker is getting put into the ground. Not six feet under, he's getting put 12 feet into the dirt. Like, not surviving. Yeah, I love the fact that Vader goes to chop through Trilla and then she just vanishes into thin air. And he's like, that was crazy. Anyway, back to what I was saying. And they're like, well, also, okay, the combined trauma of that scene, because Trilla gets literally cut down and you're like, okay, that was horrifying. And then Sarah gets thrown into a pit yeah. uh i i when i first played the game i was like is there just lava here is there just lava going on at the gig is there lava at the function and then sarah just goes like yeets into it and then you're like okay so the girl bosses in this game besides marin have passed on and i am what is left things are not looking good and then sarah shows up and is like actually i'm gonna girl boss even harder right now and i'm like that's so crazy trilla did the exact same thing because um, also, if I remember correctly, and do not correct me if I'm wrong, 
we don't actually see a clip of her body for certain. She may have rolled away. This is May what chance I'm saying. She crawled like <laughs> Ahsoka Tano came to find Trillicinary. Fulcrum Transition under- Bingo Card Part Five. Ahsoka Tano mentioned. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is how the Song of Twin Sons lives on. Um. <laughs> The trillsocification of this podcast has, in fact, been completed. We have officially come full circle. I think the closest me and Sage have ever come to having beef is when there was, like, that... I don't remember exactly what it was. Some you quiz about, like, which, like... It was... I don't remember what it was, but I got trillsoca and Sage didn't. Yeah, it was (laughs) M-slash shit for you. Yes. (laughs) Wait, and you didn't get trillsoca? She did it! I didn't! hateful salacious lies and rumors are being spread at the gig falsehoods are being spread at the function it was what literally earth? i was like this is where claire and i's friendship actually ends very on brand that it would be over trillis <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i love that she's the lynch pitter i was just podcast cracks what quiz was this called out of raw curiosity <laughs> I'm just curious about something. For no that. reason whatsoever, the quiz is what fems or Star Wars fem slash ship are you? Yeah, on <laughs> you quiz. Sure. Am I about to take this while recording? Mm-hmm. We may see. While, while you while you take this quiz. Yeah, while I take this I, quiz. Well, I will talk. Um of, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry that I've been talking this entire time. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. Anyways, I just need to speak my truth. Um I uh, going back to Trilla dying in Legends, it, there is a common theme in Star Wars where a Trilla, where a, where a Trilla, oh my god, where a villain gets redeemed, quote unquote, and then immediately dies, and then immediately dies, and I'm like, mm, okay, maybe not. Like maybe we just can get away from it from a little bit, for a little bit, you know, just a little bit. Um. And I think Trilla is one of those characters who I don't think we did an entire episode about how I don't think that every character should be redeemed. But if any character in Star Wars is going to have like a well-written like atonement in redemption arc, it could be Trilla Sidori. I think that the way her story is already set up, you could they could do it. Um, I do know she is still alive and I do know that you know she she will get there at some point um but I think that it was this is my only gripe with Fallen Order is literally that Trilla died because I was like are you kidding are you kidding because why like what was the reason um and yeah thinking Sarah died too that was terrible but then but then she lived and I was like okay that was so yes enslave you but where's Trilla like why is she not returning to the mantis with you? Also, I just have to throw it out there. They did this entire game to find the holocron. This entire journey was to find that holocron. And Trilla Siduri died for that holocron. And then they destroyed it. Why? Like, what was the point? Like, I understand the point, okay? I understand the point. But personally, I'm very offended. I am okay. very offended. <laughs> Horrible news. Would you like to guess which femfla which femslash ship I got from this quiz? <laughs> Should I spell it to get the function? Do I want to know, Noah? It it may or may not be a certain ship between <laughs> Ahsoka Tano and Trillisidori. I heard back me Trillisoka. Sage just got up and left. Everyone, welcome, welcome <laughs> to Fulcrum Pod with me and Claire. <laughs> 
The lightsaber is out. <laughs> oh my god. No, because really the homophobia that's happening at the function of this moment in time is truly on another level. Um, anyway, just had to make that announcement to the squad. That said, um, here's my thing about Star Wars and redeeming things and then killing them off immediately. Never mind, the lightsaber is fully activated. <laughs> <laughs> the lightsaber is red, glowing, and on, ready to go. I'm POV, so I get murdered on Fulcrum Pod. <laughs> I- <laughs> POV, I record the rest of the podcast by myself because I have killed Noah and Claire um, for being homophobic to me. <laughs> anyway, the, the Darth mollification of my lower half. Anyway, um, so here's the thing about Star Wars and redemption arcs. Honestly, and I'm not a big person on redemption anyway because it's a very hard thing to write because it's a very hard thing to experience. Like, once again, I hate getting academic at the function. This is a Star Wars podcast, but unfortunately, I cannot help it. Um, redemption as a societal function is a thing that takes legitimate work and effort and not everything can be redeemed and not everything can be repaired. That's just functionally reality. And accomplishing that, depending on the harm done, is like a literal years-long process, if at all. Um, We see this a lot in any post-conflict society of like, how do they repair? Who has the duty to repair? Whose right is it to decide when reparation has been made? Um, and those are really complicated questions that Star Wars writers just, I guess, tend not to want to engage with. So they're, instead, they're like, this character, they're fixed, and now they are dead. Because we never have to touch this ever again, because if somebody dies in a blaze of glory, it's fine, actually. We don't have to worry about it. And, like, that's frustrating with some people like Kyle Ron, where it's like, what was the point? But with characters like Trilla, with, I guess, honestly, female characters in general with this trope, what's particularly frustrating is the building blocks are there. I, like... The story is set up. The characters are at a place where they can start talking about what reconciliation looks like. And then it just doesn't happen because it enters this like weird martyrdom aspect of like, she died doing what she loved, defending the plot. And it's like, no, actually she didn't. Her death was sort of horrible and kind of meaningless because of what happens after it. Like I, on one level, I'd be like, the writing there is interesting because her, like, Death is not a meaningful thing most of the time. It is unfortunate and sad and it happens and nothing good comes of it. But like at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of just bad writing. You spend the entire game trying to get this thing. It is very much a MacGuffin, but whatever. The plot revolves around it. Trilla sacrifices herself for it in a final moment where she could have been entering a new era of forgiveness for herself and forgiveness for Sarah. And then you're like, actually, you know what? Um, never mind. I am canceling the DoorDash order. We are sending the Uber Eats home. Like, for what? I understand why it happened narratively. Like, the consequences are quite large. But from a plot perspective, I'm just like, but why? And I feel like it's because redemption is too complicated for many Star Wars stories to realistically approach in a meaningful way. Especially because, like, on one hand, you have people who are like, unironically, Nobody in the Empire ever did anything wrong. It's actually all fine, blah, 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 blah. The other side of that uh, is people who are like, you can never atone. There's no fixing what you've done to someone. Harm is harm is harm. And I'm like, both of you have problems. Maybe you let us sit down and go to therapy. And maybe the thesis of the episode is go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Call your therapist, okay? You're paying for one. Go sit down. Sit on the couch. Talk about it. Because like, why you put Charlotte through this gauntlet of emotionality and then you're like never mind she's she's gonna die and I'm like okay this is again why I'm hesitant about Fallen Order 2 if it is about Cal Kestis and continuing him, him and Sarah's story and and Marin of course obviously but I'm like okay but if you really killed Trilla 
I know it's legends, but if you really killed Trilla, like you, it would have been so interesting to see her not only coming to terms with the horrible things that she's done for five years in, in this like flurry of, you know, feeling betrayed by her own people and then taking revenge on her own people because of that, you know, but also atoning for it and putting in the work to like find forgiveness for herself. And the thing is, is if she really was training to be a seeker, she would be the perfect person to do that. She would know how to find these four sensitive children. And just like Ahsoka, sorry, had to bring it up again. Just like Ahsoka, she she does the same thing. The Trilla and Ahsoka meetup, I know I started it as a crack fanfic on AO3 a few months ago, but it really makes sense. <laughs> it really does because Trilla could do it. She could do it. They're going to just not do that because they don't want to put the work into write a good redemption arc. Um, it doesn't even have to be in like the next game. It could literally be in a book. Obviously, I would like it to be in the next game because I do think that there is um, a problem in Star Wars, especially with doing things badly, doing things poorly in the media that everyone consumes and then being like, oh, shoot, I, I might need to fix that and put it in like a book or a comic. I feel like they do it a lot with like, okay, not to go on a, another tangent about another woman in Star Wars. We would never. <laughs> I would never do something like that. Um, but the way that like Padme's character was treated in Revenge of the Sith. And then people started calling it out and was like, hey, maybe, maybe this is a bit bad. And now we have, you know, E.K. Johnston, our beloved, our, our Lord and Savior, literally like bringing her back, like putting this new aura around Padme and making her seem like a stronger character than she was portrayed at as um, in a movie written by a man. Um, and so, you know, you have this series, but it's also a YA series, you know? And I love it. Like, I love that. I love what the YA, like, genre in general. But, like, a lot of even Star Wars book fans aren't going to pick up a YA novel. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Star Wars fans who are adults are only going to read adult books. And I think that is a very missed opportunity and almost not to get super controversial, but almost irresponsible of them to start doing things like that. Because I'm like, you guys, you can't just do that. And so that's why I'm like hesitant for if they continue Trilla's story, because I know she's alive, um, in like a book or a comic. Obviously, I would eat that up. Obviously, I would love it. But I know that most people who are playing the game and are going to play the sequel to the game aren't going to read the, the other text. I think that's the problem with like Star Wars yeah. media in general. Like, first of all, I was laughing my ass off because you were like, I think sometimes Star Wars is bad at making things in the media it's using. And I was like, you can stop your sentence there. We can be <laughs> done. So the point has been made. Um, but I, I do think, also I, was, I had so many thoughts, but one of them definitely was like, if Trilla is in the second game, the literal best mechanism for that narrative, shocker, hot take incoming, controversial alert, the best way for her to atone for being an Inquisitor is helping build a new Jedi Order. The problem I see with that, the problem I see with like, okay, here's my hot controversial take, hot off the press, tea incoming. Um, the issue with adding to in-between eras of Star Wars is that you have to contend with the overarching 
narrative that happens before and after certain events. So while I love the concept of Ms. Trilla Siduri starts Jedi school, unfortunately, canonically, that isn't a possibility because of the limitations of where this narrative has been placed. I'm like, I'm not saying it should like Cal Kestis High Republic game win, but like the thing that works for me about the High Republic so well is that they are not really limited by many of of canon events in Star Wars. Like there are some things where they're like, well, this character is going to make it to this point, blah, blah, blah. Like this event precedes this. However, they're able to have a much more flexible way of writing. Whereas I feel like Fallen Order and games and stories like it that are sandwiched between Star Wars eras are forced to contend with the canon. And that like it limits you because the ultimate redemption story for Trilla would be the establishment of a new Jedi order. But we know that that can't work out like by, by laws of canon, that's not possible unless they're just like, actually let us decanonize um, the original trilogy. They were lies, salacious rumors were fed at the gig and it was the OT. I don't know. And that's my thing about killing her off as a character in the Legends version and like all the work that they put into her I'm like, your narrative is right there. It's also so tangible and so easy to just be like, here's what she has to do to work through this and to work through her own guilt. And they're like, no, I'm going to take the road less traveled. I'm like, but why? For what purpose? And also like with Padme, so here's my thing. Padme, girlie, the way that Star Wars treats you is not okay. That thing you mentioned about we're adding things to characters after they've already died, after their stories have finished to try and like fix them or rebuff them basically I had very complicated feelings about. It's sort of like how the novelization of Revenge of the Sith has a lot of genuine, like, beautiful prose in it. But, like, the movie itself, love her, still kind of a garbage fire, though. And I'm like, it frustrates me that so many of the girl bosses of Star Wars are sidelined to rewriting themselves, basically. Like, where is Padme's movie trilogy, for God's sake? I would watch that, okay? I'm an Adelie Portman stand through and through. I watch whatever she's in. I don't care if it's 45 straight hours of Padme sitting looking at a lake. I will watch it. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Gay tangent alert as though that was not one on its own. People were like, who should be in the Kenobi show? Padme. I don't care. She's actually No, fine. you're right. No, you're She's actually, actually right. Fine. This is where <sighs> I get on my soapbox where I'm like, Obi-Wan and Padme are actually a good couple. <laughs> you're right. I, you're right though. Like breaking I, my silence. So, like maybe I'm just an Anakin hater, but like, but, like I ship Obi-Wan Obi-Dola. was right there. Like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> My favorite scene in all of Revenge of the Sith is when Anakin, when, when Obi-Wan goes to Padme and he's like, is it Anakin's? And like, it's supposed to be a scene of him being like, oh, it's really tragic that you're like, you're having to deal with this. But the way I read it is Obi-Wan being like, really? Like, <laughs> Anakin, Queen, no, you could right. do so much better than that. Like, but no, fully, I'm like, you know who should be the Obi-Wan show? is Padme Amidala. She's actually fine. There's also you know- the fact that they're like, How'd she die of sadness? No, she did not. She's either she's Padme alive Amidala or something dying else of sadness. Happened. Oh my god! Oh oh my god! George Lucas, you better you don't even need to turn on your location. I'm already outside your fucking house. Okay, <laughs> I don't care that your doors are locked. I'm coming in. We have beef. I know this is the Trilla episode, the Trilla episode, if you will. However, Padme Gurley set the bar for Star Wars's inability to have functional female characters yeah. until it was no longer written by men. Women, women in Star Wars, oh, we love to talk about them. <laughs> I also just, I, I feel like I've brought this up before on a different podcast, um, but I, I really hate, like we were talking earlier about how 
terrifying that scene is when Vader like enters and like chops Trilla down. <laughs> um, why did she have to die so violently? Like that is a violent death and I'm kind of done with women dying violently. I'm kind of done with women experiencing violence and like heartbreak for a male character's plot line in, in general um, and in, especially in Star Wars. Um, you know, maybe a conversation for another time, but it is important to bring up because um, that happened. Uh, please bring Trilla back. Uh, she did not die. Who is going to mod Fallen Order so that Trilla is the character model for the entire game? Yeah. I think yeah. it's just like, I wrote, like on my little notes, I wrote down so many things that she says and she doesn't even have that many lines, but they're all so good. I'm like, oh, I need every to Every line is an down. iconic like one. Single- yeah. <laughs> If you look up a compilation of Trilla doing things and you're like, I'm just going to find the best moments. It's the whole fucking video. And, you know, love Cal Kestis to death. He's such a cute little boy. Um, But Bestie, like, all of Trilla's lines are better than all of your lines. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, mm, I would never make a compilation of Cal Kestis's lines. I would never be like, yeah, oh my God, Cal made some points. No. You know who made points? Trilla. Trilla made some points. She said, I was betrayed and I know that I'm doing bad things and that makes me a girl boss. I am an interesting character. I'm a more interesting character than Cal. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to say it. Cal, no, and you're so brave for saying it. Come fight me about it. (laughs) Girly, I love you. But if you were to drop dead in that scene, I'd be like, oh, she passed away. Cal, Cal, like. (gasps) I just rewrote the entire game. So you're Cal right? And you're, you're fighting Vader. Vader just, he just kills you. Pop, pops you off. He's, you're done. You're done. And you're like, oh my God, what? Like what just happened? Why didn't like, I am the player. That's not supposed to happen. (laughs) Um, But then the scene changes and you are now playing as Trilla Siduri. You get off of the ground. You join back up with Sarah to go fight Vader, you escape, and now you have taken Cal's place, your rightful place, actually, as Trilla Siduri, as Sears Padawan, her, your, her true Padawan, if you will, um, and then you find for sensitive children, as you were five years ago, when you were both Seekers. I love it, alternate ending, though, so Cal dies, rest in peace, um Trilla gets up now you're playing as Trilla hi Angel you (laughs) you kill Darth Vader the original trilogy is decanonized (laughs) yes and then you go off and you start your little Jedi school this is this is my game Trilla Siduri single-handedly ends the empire and decanonizes the OT and the sequels and honestly (laughs) she's iconic enough to do it okay she truly, truly is. Someone I get believe Kathleen in her power. Kennedy on the phone. On the phone. Right now. Right I now. Conversation that I oh my God, to, Kathleen I Kennedy's in the waiting room. Thank God we have our letter in the meeting. Let her in. <laughs> no, but fully like, okay. Also, I'm just saying that in this, in either of those scenarios, Trilla can take Cal's lightsaber and give us some Jarkai realness. She can give us dual wielding to the extreme. So true. I'm just saying it's what she deserves. Also, because here's the thing, listen. Cal Kestis passes away, clap if you care. Crickets. Trilla Sideri passes away, nation in an uproar. Flags are at half-mast, okay? Reality is not prepared for the joints that she had of being so iconic and so short-lived. Like, 
unfortunately, hot take incoming, Star Wars is rife with misogyny. Uh, I know that is a really controversial thing to say, and I think I'm so brave for saying it, but like, I genuinely just can't get over how much I wanted her story to continue. And unfortunately, they're like, we're going with the Legends ending for this. And I'm like, you are a coward for that. Mm-hmm. You should have thought harder before you you pulled that trigger. Like, George Lucas is out here being like, don't you want Cal Kestis? Like, sweetie, you are barking up the wrong tree. I am no Douglas fur and this is not a dog park. Like, pull your shit together. Absolutely cold take coming in. Um, Star Wars is made for gay people. And why would you kill the gay person in the why like i feel like i'm what tired of the very focus Pope, groups. actually <laughs> and you're still correct for that i feel like that they need to start having focus groups of just gay people and saying like which yeah. character design do you like more and we would all be like the hot evil one and they'd be like well that's the villain and we're like uh-huh oh she's a bad person she killed people and i'm prepared to be her lawyer in court for that okay mm-hmm. call me matt murdoch because i am suiting up in the courtroom and heading inside like <laughs> Yeah, like, here's my number. You can contact me if you have problems with Trilla. Here's my business card. I love the idea of Trilla Sidera getting in a fight and being like, here's my business card for my lawyer. <laughs> and it's just three gay people that are like, And it's Padme Amidala. Her lawyer is Padme Amidala. We have oh my connected God, the dots. We have fully connected the dots because she fully calls Padme and she's like, I'm in a spot of trouble. <laughs> like, hey, bestie, uh, unfortunate news. I did something quite evil. And she's like, it's okay. Padme Amidala would legally blonde her way through that courtroom, okay? You're so right about that. She would fully show up and be like, Chutney, why is it the Tracy Martinko's curls were ruined? Like, and I know she would eat that up. And I believe in her power to do that. I think that she's truly to serve. Like, Star Wars could be repaired if all of the male characters just take took several seats for a couple of movies. I'm just saying that perhaps the Jedi would not have fallen if there had been more women on the council. This is my thesis. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> Trailer girly, I miss you every day. Oh my god, every come back to us, angel. I think about you every fly high, day. angel. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Reminder to go check out Noah's podcast, RuPalp's Pod Race, for more fun Star Wars conversations. Next week's Girl Boss of the Week is Jin Urso, so feel free to send us any questions you want us to answer in that episode. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.